Hi everyone, I'm Marcus, the Graviholic, and welcome to Learn with Graviholic. Today, you're in for a treat because we're going to be talking to Dan Grossemans, a self-made gravel pro who tell us all about his journey, what he's learned, how he set up his training, and how you can become a gravel pro yourself. And here are a couple of few things that we will be talking about today. Yeah, finishing fifth at the Gravel Worlds was super cool to like wrap up the up the whole season. You can always enter that. And that's the cool thing about Gravel that the field is often so big that yeah, in the end you will always find some some guys to compete with, to compete for the podium and to like really get into the race myself and compete with the with the big riders instead. Awesome. Let's get on with the show. Hi, welcome Dan. How are you today? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm enjoying training here in Spain, so can't complain about that. That's awesome. By the way, do you say Dan or say you do you say Dan or how do you pronounce it? Uh, the the second one, like the longer with with a double A, so you say more Dan instead of Dan, Dan which is, yeah, yeah, yeah. is more the English way of saying it. But yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly because. I should have said Dan instead. Uh, that's yeah, my mistake. That's I'm sorry for that. Completely correct. <laughs> but you, you mentioned you, you, Spain. Oh, all right. So I've seen now yeah. lately on Instagram that you are. Have you relocated to Girona? The little. Uh, I'm here for let's say at least until the end of February. So just for the winter, and then it will depend a bit on what the race schedule will be like. If I'm like traveling a lot, I won't stay here anymore. So then it's easier to go home in between. So now it's basically just yeah to bridge the winter, which is super cool with these temperatures here. So, oh, it's amazing! I get so envious when I see you when you yeah. post up and you're still riding in shorts and all the yeah. nice weather. It's I was like, oh man, oh. <laughs> so tell me, Girona, that is for me. It looks like a cycling heaven or a cycling mecca or like where everyone goes. There's just cyclists everywhere. There's nice coffee shops and and. How is how is it? What's what's yeah, your opinion? How do you like how, it? How I would describe it. So, it's the difference also between a lot of other cycling destinations, which are popular like Calpe or Alicante, is that I feel like here's more bit of a relaxed vibe because not everyone is like training, training, and then for the rest doing nothing. There's like really an historical village, which is super cool. In the evening, everybody is like hanging around, and it's it's still chill because it's also winter. And now with the Christmas lights, I mean, there's always like a good vibe here. And for training wise, you can do like, you can ride to the coast, which is I think an hour and a half from here. So that's yeah quite easy or flat roads, but you can also go like to Andorra, which is not that far. So then you end up like riding on long climbs and mountains. So yeah, for training, it's perfect. And then yeah, to top it off, you have like super, super cool gravel tracks here, which I'm also now starting to explore step by step so that's awesome oh, nice i mean i've i've um i've spent some time in mallorca and i've t taken my car and i mean you basically when you when i take my bikes down there or when we spend a little bit of longer time in mallorca i i take the car and i take the bikes in the car mm -hmm. and i've and you then, then you drive to barcelona and you take the ferry from barcelona to 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 palma basically but mm -hmm. i've i thought so many times to stop in in Girona because you're basically passing by there and just yeah, yeah. Oh, I, need, I need to try I it. I, could, I, <laughs> I couldn't resist to stop, so yes, yeah, yeah, super cool. That's amazing. But how um, 
how's how is life there like do you meet a lot of new cyclists and you friend and a lot of friends i mean i know that you probably have some some old pals yeah that, that i, knew, I there, really but... knew like a lot of people that, that are staying here so yeah for sure i could met them i'm staying with a friend myself now so yeah also i mean i don't think i had like more than three rides in the last couple of two three weeks with that I did on my own. So we, like every day you can find someone to ride with and it either goes from like more the influencer side or like more for, for fun and content than to like the yeah real world to the pros you can ride with. So yeah, just, I would say a good community and like a good mix of, of different kind of people, which, which works out well. So. Did you take any off time in, after the season or did you, did you go there straight away? Yeah, I took some some weeks off. I think two and a half week that I didn't train, and by then I was still at home. So that was after I went to America, and then yeah, I was really lucky to like straight after off season fly to Girona and just start training here. So I didn't have to train in the in the bad weather this winter yet. So that's that's really cool. Oh, that is so amazing. That is so amazing. But hey, let's start from the beginning. Um, talk to me. Tell me how how did you get started with cycling? I know you are Belgium, right? So, yeah. so I guess that you more or less have it yeah, in your blood as well. For sure, it's quite a culture in Belgium. But in winter, I think it started with the winter, winter with winter stuff because we have like this this mountain bike cyclos that everyone's doing in the weekend, which like super low entry fee, where you can ride with yeah all kind of amateurs. And I just started doing that, I think, when I was eight, nine years old with my dad. And then, yeah, I really liked it. For sure, I want to ride in summer as well. So I got a road bike and then got to, like, uh, some some cycling trainings that they organize nearby. Got involved in the club. And then, yeah, from there on, it was all just followed, like, the, the main track of a, of a Belgian young cyclist. So went to the races nearby. And, yeah, there are plenty of them where I live. So was quite obvious to do that that is super cool but because it is i guess it's like just like playing football or hockey where i'm from that you you have sort of in all ages you basically you said you started racing when you were eight or nine it's just incredible mm -hmm. um, yeah it's like that in the beginning it's just all for fun and just do what you like and then i think after a while you will like notice okay i really like this and i want to keep growing on it or i want to continue it and yeah, for me, that was the case. So that's why I'm still riding now. Well, tell me, I think now I'm I'm not 100% sure, but I think you made a choice, right? Starting last season or in between 2022 and 2023 yeah. to, to start riding gravel and, and racing gravel, really. How, yeah. Tell me about that. How did that come to be? Yeah, I think I raced, like I said, from my nine years old until was it yeah two years ago and i think around may i had like another belgian kermes race which yeah was raining super hard and i had a flat tire in the race and i was like yeah i'm so dumb with this it's like every weekend you ride an hour from home and you do like laps around the town it's always kind of similar you're racing with always the same kind of guys i didn't feel excited anymore to do that but i was still enjoying riding and training a lot and by then i was even already training training on gravel because i just liked it and then i think i took some months off like racing and also like structured training i kept on riding every every day like every now and then 
and I got like signed up for a, a gravel event first from Fl Flanders Gravel, I guess. And then I did the UCI World Series in Hufalizio, which was yeah the closest and the biggest gravel event by then where from where I live. And, yeah, and this is, is it this year or the, or the previous year? The year before. So uh, 2022 yeah. then. Okay. 2022, yeah. yeah. And there I had like a yeah superb day on the bike. I mean, I felt super strong. Even that I had a flat tire, I mean, I had a super race because I could like catch up super well and I could, yeah, still like I finished from around 20, which was for me a, a really good result for like first experience. I was like plugging my tire after an hour for the first time. I didn't know how it works and stuff. So, but somehow <laughs> it all worked out and it went really well. And yeah, for sure, that was also like a qualifier for Worlds. So I was qualified and then I went to Worlds, like the, the first Worlds in Italy. And there I already had like a kind of bigger expectation because I knew, yeah, something could be possible. But yeah, for sure, I think it's still a big And difference. just to be clear, you were racing in the elite class then, right? You No, I was racing HCAT, so... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, that also makes it like by them more exciting to like i knew i could compete quite well in that in that group so mm -hmm. but yeah there i realized that gravel racing is yeah more than just riding a bike because we made some mistakes with like the feed zones and my parents couldn't go to the first feed zone and i missed one and i forgot to to yeah to stop or to take more water so yeah in the end i just bonked and i just like was out of out of water and hydration so Performance-wise, I was not the best day, but it was still cool Cool to be there, like at the first World Champs gravel ever. And I think in the end, it was also a good step up to this year. So. That's super cool. So you did one one of the UCI races or the and you, you qualified in that one and then you went to Worlds, basically. Yeah, true. So actually that, that year, cool. I only did the two gravel races. So. Did you have the expectation to, to qualify when you when you turned out for the, that yeah, UCI? Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, I always rode well on the road, so I knew if like if I can can manage the the gravel stuff and if I can can keep it safe and and finish well, it it would be possible. But it was not like really I wanna I wanna become world champion or like I wanna I wanna race worlds. But yeah, for sure, it's in your mind. That's super cool. But what um I need to back up again. Sorry for that. Uh, you uh, I did a, I spied on you on pro cycling stats, and I saw that you raced one of the biggest races in the world, basically the Baston Liège Baston. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did it as an under twenty three rider. Yeah. Yeah, I see. I see you twenty three. How how yeah. how is that, and how 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 did that uh, race go? Really hard to be honest, but I think. I started race quite well, but I just got involved in one of the silly crashes in even in the leads to the first real climb. So I was never like competing in the race or I was not, not even in the race at all. So mm. that was, yeah, I think I also had some bad luck with, I mean, at that period of the road season that there was like always something going wrong. So I never could like really show off. Yeah. What I, what I wanted. But in the end, maybe it was just, yeah, meant to be to race gravel. So that's super cool. But how, and in between then, now in between 2022 and 2023, sort of, um, how, 
what were you thinking and what were you sort of how were you planning yourself was it like now 2023 i'm going to go all in because i i you did like six or seven or eight uci world mm-hmm. series and you yes yeah, what well, how was your planning coming to 2023 and what were you thinking? To be honest, it was still the same as I went to Fali's the year of 2022 because I was just having a chill winter. I In the weekdays, I rode on Zwift and I did some races on Zwift just because I liked it, not because it was performance or training-wise really really good for me. And then in the weekends, I did like some, yeah, sometimes even crazy long rides. So I was just, yeah, like having fun. And also entered uh, the UCI race in the Netherlands and Falkenburg. Yeah, with like the same intention as Superlease, just to try and give everything and yeah, have a nice day. But there it turned out like really well because I got nine there. And I think if you see at the top 20, they were all like pros, former pros. And I think that was the, the kind like that race, like changed my mind a bit because there I felt like, okay, this, this could really be something. Mm. And that's also why I got so quickly with yeah starting and racing all the other events later on in the year. So, got you. Okay, okay. So you actually so you started this season with that going in. That's 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 so so super yeah. cool. But yeah, I how... I had in mind like to do some more of that kind of races, but by then it was basically yeah just do them for fun. But then, yeah. yeah, after that race, I realized, okay, I can, I can still do it for fun, but I can also make, make more out of it. And how is it to line up against? I mean, maybe I should mention that as well. That's what we're, we met at one of the UCI races. We were at in Hamstad and the Gravel Grit and Grind, um, and that's that's kind of how yeah how we met and how we got to know each other for a little bit. But and we there was some, I mean the really big names there from from the gravel scene Jasper Ukelun and Eva Slick for example the unbound winner and then huge like world tour stars like Nikki Telstad that just uh, retired yeah. I mean how is it to to really be able to race with them and compete with them I mean I I'm 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 too slow I was not able to do that but you are how how does that feel Yeah I think it's just to be honest really cool that the format of gravel for now allows that to like have a must start and that you can compete with those guys or like at least start together with them and do the same course and do be in the same race so yeah that's really cool and it also opens a lot of doors yeah for guys like me for example so yeah and that's super super cool and one question I was thinking about because you you also went to to the US and you did you do more than it was Big Sugar you did right yeah yeah there was only one race so I was yeah almost quite late into October just an opportunity that I got from Classified and yeah for sure I couldn't refuse that so no of course yeah. and and how the big question is right many people talk about this the gravel scene in the US how they are sort of the the spirit of gravel and everything and then we in Europe we're a little bit more sort of yeah it's the the road guys that comes to gravel yeah. and so forth what how do you what's your opinion about uh, the gravel beef and <laughs> in between Europe and and the yeah US? I had a I had a really good experience there I mean I was there the week before and they had like a cool village uh, with some pop-ups and expo with with bike brands which was which was awesome and I think that was still something that you miss at the at the UCI races that kind of chill yeah bike expo like more festival vibe 
but yeah, the race was, I would say from level kind of similar. I mean, the guys were super strong. The course was hard. So yeah, I think the community or like the, the festival vibe is a bit more alive over there while the UCI race are yeah, a bit more race focused and like, um, all into performance. Um, but yeah, like cycling wise, I think they, they start doing some really cool events here in Europe as well, especially now with the gravel earth series, like growing really hard and then popping up with some cool races. I think it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Have you, have you nailed down your schedule for next year already? Yeah, we're starting to build it now slowly. So we'll, yeah, we have like uh, the manager in the team is, we'll have a look at it soon because we already like indicated the races that we wanted to do. And I think last year was, was really good for me as well to like get to know some races and, and how they are. So now we mm -hmm. can like really, really pick the cool ones and, and yeah, perform there at, the, at our best. Yeah, well, let, let's just recap on, on 2023 and what yeah. what is the, since you did quite a few races, what is like the best moment of 2023? Was it that, that first race of yours or was it something else? Yeah, to be honest, it's, it's a hard choice because like I was the most... Uh, or it was really exciting to do that first race and like finish there so well because I didn't know it would happen by then. But otherwise, like, yeah, finishing fifth at the Gravel Worlds, even it was the age gap was was super cool to like, yeah, wrap up the, up the whole season. But yeah, I mean, we did so many races and every race has its own story, even like Sweden, for example, where I had a flat tire on the, on the second day. Yeah, those other days were still super crazy. So I think it's hard to choose, but in the end, yeah, maybe the, the first first race in Valkenburg like was the, the major one or like also opened a lot of doors and there it all kicked off. So maybe I would choose that one, yeah. Yeah, I remember I, I, I drove past you when you had the flat and then you, you caught me again after you, you fixed it and you, you finished ahead of me anyways, even though that you had the flat. That's yeah, how long was you, you were cramping like really hard by then. I yeah. Was like, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, that was not fun at all. I need to, I, I, I need to train on how to do, um, uh, yeah, how to better plan and to get all the nutrition that I need uh, during a race yeah. because I, I race too seldom, so I really need to become better at training that. I can, I think that's the the biggest problem for for myself. Getting yeah, those and salts and electrolyte intake is also like, especially exactly. in these long races, it's like yeah, will be quite beneficial. But tell me, it, the team uh, that is the classified factory team, right? Yeah, no, it's a Ridley so, team, or how does it work? What's what's uh, the setup like there? Yeah, it's still. I I think it will be still called classified factory team or like the classified team, of mm -hmm. course supported or like huge thanks to Ridley because they deliver the bikes for us. And like last year, at all, even before I was there, it started with Piotr Havik from the Netherlands, who had a really good season the year of twenty twenty two, and then he got some partnerships, and then they started working with classified. But after yeah, my first races, which were which we talk about now, um, they also yeah spoke to me, and I was like, yeah, this is this is awesome. So then I joined Piotr quite quickly, 
got onto the system. Yeah, we had a super cool year with the two of us, not only for racing, but also we did some training camps on altitude. We, yeah, we traveled everything together. So right now I'm like, it's the first long time that I'm not traveling with him. So it's been a while that, that we've seen each other, but like summer we were every, every day we were together. So it was yeah. like a really, really good team. Even it was just the two of us. So yeah. And of course we had the support of the, the athlete manager and they were taking care of the partnerships with Ridley, for example, and with other, other brands. And I think all this is now like growing a bit for next year. So we'll, we'll have a couple of more guys, uh, joining the team, even women, but plan is to still stay like a small team, which is more like, a yeah. A friendship group or like a family than than a than a world tour team where you're just one of the guys so it will be just nice to travel with with a few guys and yeah for sure also the the partners um will be a bit more and we will grow in that as well so that's cool that's super cool i mean i i would be more than happy to have that situation. If I had your legs, maybe I could do that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> tell me, we classified. I am so intrigued by classified. Let's just talk tech for a little bit because yeah. it is so cool. Because I, I, when I started cycling, which is not very long, I only cycled for like four years or so. I, I started to drive on a on a two by, and mm-hmm. when when I got my new bike now some months ago that's a one by and i was like should i really get a one by i'm so used to having a two by it's so nice to be able to have the, the gearing so close it together and everything mm-hmm. but with classified you basically get that benefit of having a, a two by system but you have it in the rear hub instead of having and then you can still have this sort of the the one by up front and you don't have all the problems yep. the mechanical and whatnot so, yeah, so how is it you ride with the classified really I also started the season on a two by, but then I quickly got changed to the classified system, which was like a real upgrade. And especially on gravel races, it's a huge, huge benefit because you can, yeah, if you take a corner and there's a steep climb that you didn't know about, or like, because sometimes the course is so long that you cannot do every, every recon or recon everything. Mm -hmm. And then you can just shift and like, before you know, you're like on your inner ring or or on top of a climb, if you want to increase speed again, you can shift and you're back on the on the big ring. So yeah, and you have like both benefits, like you say, of the the one by system with like the clean single chain ring in front, no front array or no messing around with like having chain drops or bec- yeah, because you you're working with the derailleur, and you still have like the 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 range of all the gears that that you want to use so you don't have like the big jumps in the cassettes which you see like nowadays quite a lot with the mountain bike cassettes but yeah then you still have then you have a good range but then if you're riding on the flat you never find the right cadence or you're always struggling yeah, exactly. with that, so. that's the kind of problem i i mean i wouldn't say this a problem but I, I i do notice that difference now when i ride the two different bikes with one by and two by that yeah, yeah. You, you have to change the cadence in such a way that where you sort of yeah, yeah get out, not out of your comfort zone but still it's not yeah. where you want it. it's not that sweet, yeah, if sweet you're, where you want to be. if you're racing that's not what you want so yeah you want also you can like ride a, a big chain ring in front so that's make is also a huge difference while all the guys have to yeah especially on one by have to opt for a smaller ring because otherwise they they couldn't get up the climbs 
you can yeah. still ride a big ring and have the the small virtual inner ring then so i did and, one race in sweden where i yeah where i could really use that benefit benefit because there was a sprint downhill but there were also really steep climbs so i i think i was riding a 50 in front by then but then oh. still i had like the the 34 in front so that was really yeah huge game game changer and and how do you actuate it? Do you have it? Do you have it by your thumb, or how? Where do you have it? Yeah, or is so it with SRAM they have like a some kind of sprint shifter that you see in World Tour as well. So it's mm -hmm. mounted like in the the band of the handlebar, where yeah. you can just tap to shift either inner or outer chainring depending on on what you're riding at. And with Shimano they can also connect this button into your shifter because Shimano use the the wires to shift, but SRAM is wireless, so they don't have the exit yet to, to connect that but that is so cool yeah i would love to try that one day though that, that that's yeah, sure. definitely... you have to. yeah i mean everyone that i like have uh, said to uh that they can try my bike they were all like really surprised by how it went or like everyone that's that's just trying for the first time in the beginning a lot like even a bit confused that it's so fast because you shift them before you know you're like you changed it so all right uh let's talk about this off season and uh, not off season but you're now sort of in the build-up phase for for next next mm -hmm. year and this is i i haven't done it myself but i mean many people talk about like putting in the miles now in the winter time for to for have the smiles yeah. in the summer basically but how how do you stay motivated besides being in in such a nice place as girona but uh yeah i think there you already mentioned the biggest part but Otherwise, I think there are a lot of things for sure. Gravel is already a big motivation for me because then you can make even living at the same place or being at the same place, you can make yeah double amount of routes that you normally do on the road. So you can explore new roads, you can go wherever you want. So that's really cool. Otherwise, you can, yeah, for example, here as well in Girona, you can ride with friends or people you know. So I would suggest group rides are also huge motivation because if you're talking to someone time goes yeah sometimes so fast and for sure yeah having a good coffee stop is always always a good idea so <laughs> yeah but you are somewhat of a coffee connoisseur right you like coffee uh, yeah yeah right? really i think I, when i was younger i did some uh yeah i did some of the barista classes so mm -hmm. I know a bit about it. And also at home, we have a kind of good machine. So I'm quite used to it. And then, yeah, on the rides, especially like days before the race, you have an easy ride to just stop for coffee. And it's also really cool to explore areas in that way, because then you start looking on Google Maps or like, where can I find coffee? And then you find like other places you can go to. And yeah, this is how our routes and everything starts to, to show up. And then, yeah, also if the coffee place or if it's a good one or like a popular one, they, you can meet new people, you can ride with those people on other days. So I think it's really good for the community. So what's, what's your like uh, top uh, one, two, three or something like that of uh, coffee places oh, in, in really or around Girona? Uh, in Girona specifically or? Yeah. Uh, I would say yeah it's really hard to pick like uh one to three but here i prefer to go to the new place which now recently opened on the famous red beach it's i think it's called tramuntana 
It's like mm -hmm. a really tiny place. And then similar to that one is also Oniria, like really cozy. Yeah, super good coffee. And then there's one more, the Hidden Coffee Roasters, which also has a place in Barcelona. They also do like some really good specialty coffee. And they also, yes, every place sells their own beans. So you can always buy some beans and to have a good coffee in the morning before riding. So that's really cool. Do you, ha do you have uh, one of those machines right now as well where you can... Uh, no, but mainly what I use for traveling is the V60. So the, the small filter where I can ah. make just a filter coffee like... Yeah, basically everywhere I want. I just need uh, my filter and then some the the paper filters and a, and a water bo water boiler and for sure good coffee. So that's that's quite easy to do. I also oh, brought it to Sweden, by the way. So ah okay, yeah, <laughs> goes goes almost everywhere. I can understand that. So what's um. Besides now planning all the events and stuff like that, have you thought about what 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 is your goal with the with next year? Um, do you have any specific? Yeah, like uh, the the main goal, or like not really specific into racing, but it's just I think I would love to step up, like to compete to races, to to compete for the podium, and to like really get into the race myself and compete with the with the big riders instead. For what I last year was more like. Yeah, all new and getting the experience and just trying to follow and hang on and then see what can happen. Where I now want to be like, yeah, for sure, step up training a bit and then also, yeah, really compete to get against them and like race to win or race to to be on the podium. So, so do you have any 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 guys in particular that you want to sort of? I'm going to beat him or yeah, I'm going to be better than him. Yeah, not really. I think it depends on every course and every event where where you meet other guys. So, in the end, yeah, you have to beat them if you wanna if you wanna have a good result. And it doesn't matter who it is, but you have to beat them. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So, um, what else? Do you have any other sort of events or things in life that's on your bucket list? Like now you're a pure gravel racer. That's like super epic and yeah. and something that people didn't even think about could exist a couple of years ago but do you have any yeah, other I think that's, that's really cool and yeah besides that i'm for sure like working a lot on my on my own content which is also a big part of being a gravel pro because a lot of the partners yeah, are also involved because we we like to make content and we we care about the content that we make so after rides, I'm working working on that for myself a bit. And then on top of that, I also work now or do some content for Classified itself. So if I have to like make how-to reels and explain videos and like also getting that community even a bit more alive and like getting the brand um, in, really into the world of cycling. So that's really cool to just, yeah, show show everyone how it works and, and what you can do with it. That's awesome. I, I mean, I I enjoy your content very much and I think you, you produce some some really, really great things. So Yeah, thanks for that. That's also why they, they asked me at Classified. So oh, maybe we can we can like make this work for, for the brand itself as well. So yeah, now I'm also working on, on some reels for them and like make some posts or stories. So are you are you self are you self taught or how how did you learn to to do the things that you do? Uh, 
yeah, I just did it myself for sure with some some help of like people that I know or like a photographer and he explains this and the other guy explains this and some yeah, you you learn quite quickly on these things. And then for the rest of just like doing it or like going out for a ride, taking some pictures, taking some videos and then yeah, you you, you quickly learn a lot. But for example really? also also in Sweden, I was there with with Noel from Fat Pigeon. I think you maybe even have him on the call as well. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. So yeah, he's really good into the. I mean, he's really into the the videography and like photo part of the of the cycling world. So yeah, for sure, I also learned a lot of him. So that was also a cool part about that trip to yeah, not only do the racing but also like experience how he works and. Yeah, what I can learn from him. But you definitely you have a talent because the way that you um, do composition of your pictures and how you color grade them and all those things, it, it is it is you can really tell that you have something. So it's it's not only learning from elders. You you definitely yeah, probably have a talent. It is, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's also cool to like, yeah. In the end, everyone has their own style, and I think that's also what makes what makes it cool to like swipe around on Instagram. Exactly, exactly. Well, let's talk about um, if how if someone approaches you like like I am right now, but don't don't think it is as me, but someone that's actually listening to this or watching this uh, being uh, this interview, how how would you tell them sort of to go about if they want to start a journey just like yours um, to become a gravel racer? How how do you go about doing that? Do you have any suggestions and ideas? Yeah, it all starts for sure with like some good uh, equipment or like good bike, good clothes, like right tires and then setup and everything. And I think then, yeah, just like I did, start some cyclos, do some events for fun, which are super cool to meet new people and, and you can like get into it. Yeah, quite easy to be honest, because now there are like all of these kind of events popping up. And if that works well and you you like training or you like riding riding hard and like performing as well, then yeah, why not do do one of the UCI races because they also now have like a big range all over Europe, all yeah, all over the world. So you can always enter that. And that's the cool thing about gravel that the field is often so big that yeah, in the end you will always find some some guys to compete with. So while on road racing, yeah, if you get dropped, you get dropped and you're on your own or you're taking out of the race. But in gravel, you can always like keep on riding and you always find some someone to compete with or like have a good time with if you if you're not feeling well. So yeah, just just go for that, I would say. That's that's great. That's great. What has been your sort of biggest struggles or the the most hardest thing that you went through now the last year and a half during this journey as a gravel racer? Uh, yeah, mentally it was quite hard that we went. So we had some really good races in summer and then we went on two times on altitude camp. But the second time we went to Andorra, I got sick at the end, which was quite a pity because we trained really hard. We were like super prepared for the European champs, which were the week after. And I got sick on the on the last week of altitude camp. Still don't know why or what, but yeah, it was really hard to digest because then 
yeah europeans was already the week after and i could only do like yeah trying to recover from the illness and in, in the week before and just doing some easy spins while otherwise you can still like have this have this check or like okay i'm i'm feeling well on this last training ride a couple of days before i was always doing yeah spinning easy and i didn't know how the body was was like so that was quite hard to enter that race and then i was like yeah also worlds was just a week after so I was like, yeah, is is all this training from last summer not wasted? And in the end, Europeans was yeah not bad. I mean, maybe even really good according to the situation. Where I, I think I got like somewhere twenty, then I but still like the first part of the race I felt really strong, so that was good. And then worlds worked out well, so in the end it was not not such a big problem. But it was kind of hard to like have such a good training period and then yeah end up being sick at the end. Yeah, I can imagine. But still, you pushed through, right? So, what 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 made you sort of push through? What how how what what I mean? Yeah, some just, people would probably have it. said like, "I've done done all this now, and now I just no, let's just leave it. I'll, I'm not going to do it. It's not worth it." But still, you did. Yeah, it was the the days before European champs were were really hard because of this, but. In the end there, I was also lucky that I did like the whole training camp and even before Euros, the preparation together with Piotr, who like, yeah, kept, kept on motivating me. And it was also like, yeah, you still have some days left before Euros. And even if Euros don't work out, there's like another week left before World Champ. So why not just give it a go? And also everyone behind Classified was like really concerned or like was really yeah taking care of me so yeah just just try what you want you already had they were also giving like a lot of confidence that they already had like a really strong season so there was not a lot of pressure from from the outside world out but yeah for sure yourself you wanted you want to do it good so but i think yeah i was really lucky to have like a good team around there and like really good motivation that's great that's great. I mean, to have that kind of support and have people around you that believe in you and, and they help you and support you, that must be mm -hmm. amazing. Um, but yeah, I think how... it's like the result of the, of the, the whole season that we spent together, which would make it, yeah, more than just a, a team on paper. So that's really cool. Yeah. But tell me, I mean, in general, now you had a little bit of problem than before the Europeans, but in general, how do you prepare for a race? Like what, what do you do like one or one and two days before? How, how do you, how do you spend your time? I guess you do recon rides, but, but what yeah, more? So, what else? So we travel to the race yeah, as early as possible, but it's usually a couple of days before then do some recons, but also, yeah, depending on what training is like the days before, because you, yeah, for sure. You don't want to do the whole course the day before so you just like split the course up a bit and do some some like check out what the major part of the of the race are and do a recon that and then like last day it's really easy just spinning the legs a bit maybe like some sprints and getting ready for it getting a lot of food in because usually the races are like quite hard and it's hard to keep up on on fueling on those What's your favorite sort of how do you prepare what's what's your favorite car carbohydrate uh, intake uh yeah we had some really good uh rice with with curry the day before so that always works well so rice chicken was that, curry you had that basically chicken. every race or did you try to uh was not, i was like I, I need to have rice and curry for the race because otherwise i don't race so 
it's not that <laughs> big, but uh, we had it quite often, but also pasta. I mean, yeah, just everything that's like high in carbs is, is good in the end. So yeah, exactly. The rest, yeah, we, we also like to, because some of the races are quite early. So we like to have like the bikes cleaned and also like fully like back with the, the bottles made before uh, kids on point race numbers on so that you don't have to do anything apart from having breakfast the day after. So that's mm -hmm. also mentally like a big difference. And what kind of, what kind of breakfast uh, do you do on the race day? Uh, I'm one of the guys that always keep it like same as on training day. So I always go for oats and then I just, the difference between the training and races, I, on the race day, I prefer to have like maybe a slightly bigger breakfast, but also like make sure it's three hours before the race at least. So mm -hmm. get a bit more time than, than you do on training, right? Because yeah, probably the intensity is already really high in the start. So did <laughs> this is maybe awkward, but did you ever have had problems like having to go to the toilet just before a race and sort of being stressed about those things or? uh no not really not really i did one yeah that was maybe a funny story because we did one race the gravel earth series final and there i didn't put an alarm on and i said like the the evening before the race but the race was already starting at 7 30 and i said to my friend Piotr van yeah you can wake me up whenever you wake up because i knew he was like going to wake up on the right time and he put on a silent alarm so he woke up he had breakfast he came back to the room like an hour later so it was only like an hour and a half before the race and then i only wake up i was like oh shit and first i thought oh yeah he's just awake now so i can go to breakfast with him and i was like oh shit it's only like that close to the race but i still like yeah i knew it was like almost a seven hour race so i still ate a lot and there i felt it in the beginning of the race i was yeah struggling really hard but then you also realize it's a gravel race of seven hours. And even if you have some problems in the first hours and you push through, you can still finish well. And that's also what happened in the end. So. That's uh, how are you able to race for seven hours? I mean, I barely yeah, survived. To be honest, like that, was the hardest, that was the hardest day I, I've ever done. I still remember that one. It's like the last two hours. I, I never suffered so much in my life. <laughs> Oh my God. Oh my God. But how, how are you able to push through? Like, did you fuel up or did you, did you slow down or what, how did you? Uh, yeah, that race, I was like, yeah, like I said, the first two, three hours, I was just struggling a bit. And then, yeah, of course you're, you're like hanging at the back of the, I think by then the third group in the race. But then we hit some climbs and I started feeling well. So I got like motivated of, of being in front in the climb. And then we, we bridged the gap, gap to the second group, which was by then also getting really close to the first group. So yeah, I think you just have to keep on believing and then a lot can happen in the gravel racing. So yeah, that's how it, how it went. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, that's what's one of the most fascinating things with the gravel races in comparison to road yeah, races yeah. because if if you have a me mechanical or if you crash and you're out the back from the peloton basically then you're out you, you, it's mm -hmm. more or less impossible to get back but yeah. with gravel there is a yeah, chance because everyone can get a me mechanical every, yeah. everyone can get problems with anything it's uh, it's yeah. just so different 
yeah, you always have to keep on pushing until the line because also, for example, at Worlds it was like also a five hour race, but it was only at the last, I think, six, 700 meters that I got to the, the guy that was riding fifth by then. And I just passed him and he even, he didn't even look at me. He was like, he was so, yeah, so tired and so like, yeah, in trouble that he just let, I mean, I just passed him so quickly. But then you can also think, yeah, I'm I'm here, I'm riding six, it's all good now. We're we're soon at the finish. But yeah, you always have to keep keep on going until the line, I would say. Yeah, and now you you raced worlds both last year and this year. So first both the first year and the and the second year. And first year they got a lot of criticism about people being able to even ride it on, on road bikes. But this year I watched the footage of GCN, rest in peace, GCN, by the way. Um uh, and and I saw they only broadcasted last like the last hour or so, yeah, but still, was, you got yeah. to see that it looked way more difficult than what I heard about the first year. What's your opinion about the the World Series or yeah the World's yeah, route? Exactly that. So first year there were uh, only like two climbs, one like at the start and then half half an hour in somewhere, and then it was all just like flat and yeah you could really ride a road bike with thirty mil tire or maybe thirty three somewhere like that. But now it was like a really gravel course. And even now there was like a bit of complaints that it was too much tarmac. But in the end, it was, I would think, I mean, I would describe it as a perfect gravel race. Also some super steep climbs. So I think everyone was, was tired or like, uh, or done in the end. So only the race coverage could have been a bit better from what I heard because they only yeah started filming when, when everything was already in, folded in, in place. Yeah, exactly. They were in a, a big breakaway, or the, the three guys in front, and they, yeah, no one caught them ever again. So, <laughs> what, 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 uh, what was your race setup for 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 Worlds? Walk me through it. Uh, so yeah, I raced the uh, Ridley Kenzo Fast, which was the bike I used the most because the other one has like a mountain bike tire in it, and only that Venture I only rode it in, I think, Poland and. Ufalis because there you want like really mountain bike kind of stuff. So I was on the fast with a, yeah, we measured the tires on, on 42. So it depends a bit on the wheels that you're riding at. So I, yeah, it was like a 42 Vittoria tire, mm -hmm. quite a slick profile in the middle and little side knob. Then, yeah, I was also riding a 50 there, which was perfect. So I had like 50. Yeah, so 0 0.7, I think it's 35 virtual in the ring. And then at the back, 11.34, so almost one-on-one, -on -one, which was perfect for the climbs. I mean, in the end, it was quite hard, but I think that was for everyone the case with with any gearing. So, Yeah, there was some pretty steep ones, right? To the 15, 20%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew a lot of people that had to walk there, so and I was even in trouble with still being in the front of the race, so it was, was kind of brutal. And for the rest, uh, I mean, it was, yeah, just, I think more or less the same stuff that I was always riding in the, in the other races last summer, I chose to ride with hydration pack was what, which was in the end, quite a good choice because we have some good ones from Apidura where you can also, uh, get stuff in the, in the pockets of the hydration pack itself. So that makes like it health and, uh, whatnot. Sorry. Like gels and bars yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, gels or... and like CO2s or like a, maybe even a pump. 
and that makes it a lot easier for your lower back because especially on the clamps you're like really pushing on it and with the hydration pack it's all like tilt a bit higher so i like to write uh right with that and for sure it was also like mentally like a benefit to have always it wasn't full so i was like not carrying weight at all it was just like if i want to sip and i miss the bottle because the feed zones were yeah for sure on these big kind of events were were quite hectic so i always had like a bit of water or like drink with me so i was never in trouble about that and that's also like what i learned from the year before where i had this mistake there i only started with one bottle because i knew it was start on the climb but yeah if you if you lose one bottle or you miss the next bottle then then you end up riding for a long time without and that's that's even worse yeah i realized when i was riding the and now this year in in hamsa that <clears throat> i mean i i don't think that i drank for the first hour and i think that's oh, one of yeah. the problems why i cramped in the end as well because i was yeah, just probably yes you you were on the wheels on, on of people like continuously and it was a full speed full gas mm -hmm. from the beginning and you just couldn't let go of the bar or i couldn't at least mm -hmm. i didn't dare to so i couldn't even though i had a hydration pack too but I, I don't know, I, or I forgot yeah. about it. I don't know what happened, but I, that's yeah, definitely a learning from my side. Especially in the start, you have to like really like think about it or, or dedicate to to start eating and drinking. But I think it's also a big like tip or advice to, to keep it as simple as possible, because I think I most of the times went for like a really high carb mix so that you don't have to have to eat a lot anymore and then all, also go for like high carb gels that yeah just make life as easy as possible because in the end you don't have a lot of time on the gravel on, to eat and yeah to to chew bars or stuff exactly and many times on the descents as well when they are gnarly you you can't relax like if you're on a road yeah. bike on a go on a descent you can you can drink you can eat you yeah. can it's a completely different story of course if you push it and it's a lot of hairpins it's it's maybe you can't but gravel is different there's like no time yeah. to relax it's it's always something mm -hmm. um, yeah true well th this has been a blast uh, Dan I'm I'm super super stoked to have had you uh, on the show and yeah. I wish you all the best for for um, for next year um, I'm slightly Thanks. jealous and envious that you spend your time now in Girona for this uh, for this awesome season <laughs> awesome i yeah if i can i will come and join you <laughs> yeah sure let me know and then i'll show you some some good gravel around here but anyway we'll stay in touch and i'm really happy to to have spoken to you here and like to catch up again after we met in sweden so super sure we'll meet again awesome thank you very much yeah thanks man great now i will end the recording wow done he definitely has some talent not only does he have diamond in his legs but also he has a special eye for that content creation so be sure to check him out you'll find the link to him in the description below and what's your opinion about gravel racing is gravel about racing or is this actually supposed to be a social event where you meet up with your friends roll have coffee drinks whatnot and enjoy I sure do enjoy bo enjoy both. I sure enjoy both. So yeah. Thank you guys, and hope you enjoy the show. 
subscribe and like, and I'll see you next week on Learn with Gravaholic. Until then, 